Welcome everyone to the last video store clerks podcast with Frank and Scott. The days of blockbuster Hollywood and the independent video store are over. But the days of searching the shelves for hidden gems and overlooked call classics is never ending. Join us while we drown in a sea of streaming options and ask the question, what the hell is a good movie anyway? I'm Frank. I'm Scott. And we're the last video store clerks. <laughs> what is Frank has been hassling me to watch <laughs> Shadow in the Cloud for probably a year, which we'll get to that. We'll, it hasn't anyway. been a year. It's been it's been a long time, long enough to where I think it dropped from one streaming service, went to another, then went back to the one it started on. Yeah, <laughs> it came out in 2020. We'll get to that. I have a lot to say about this movie. <laughs> and the reason I wanted to kind of focus on this from now on was, did you guys have employee pick shelves? It wasn't a standard thing. It wasn't a rate. We tried it. And every now and then we needed it for candy, VHS recorders. So they it would disappear. But then we'd be like, hey, let's let's put that up on the shelf again. We had shelves in the video store for just really weird sections. A Sean Connery section for some reason. People say what they want about Sean Connery these days, but I would love to have had a Sean Connery section in the store. When you see all of Sean Connery's movies on a shelf together, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Those employee pick shelves were never things at least at my video store, that people normally rent it. Like I wasn't going to put a Christopher Nolan movie up there. Maybe back then I might have put like Memento on there, mm -hmm. you know. But I don't really want to talk about Christopher Nolan movies. We know they're good. Yeah. Who gives a shit? What I care about is that fucked up movie that lives inside you forever. It may not be good. It may not be bad. But it was something. It really stuck with you. And I think that that's getting lost in streaming services because we're picking things so carefully. And when you used to go into a video store, you had to make a fucking decision. And so a lot of the times you would ask that guy, what should I watch? And I'd be like, well, go look at my show. Well, and there is a difference because everything is divided into its categories on streaming services. But you go into the video store and it's like you have the staff pick wall. And that those are their movie people. There's always like that one guy who's not really a movie guy who works at the store and you can see it in the pics. Or there's a guy who's too much of a movie guy. I have a lot of friends who went to school UT for film or mm -hmm. something like that. Talking about them with movies is disgusting. I fucking hate it. I don't care how that movie was made. I don't think Holy Mountain is a good movie. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. And that's not what I want. I want something with story. I kind of want something that's crap sometimes. A lot of the times I would recommend those things to people. They would watch them and I would either scar them for life and they'd never ask me for a movie yeah. recommendation again. Or they would come back and ask me all the time. Well, yeah, I was in Cedar Park, conservative Williamson County. Yeah. I think we may have touched on that last time. If you're in Central Texas, Williamson County, very conservative. I was in Cedar Park, Texas. So out there, you kind of had to be a little more family oriented or people looked at you a little crooked right you know that much faster so i think i went for the shock value in the selection that we had at corporate hollywood video in cedar park texas i still if i wanted to see something specific i had to go to hollywood for it if i wanted to find something fucking weird i just rented movies from the store that i was already at. Mm -hmm. there was just a lot of that shit floating around and i think that that's getting lost i think there's some companies like shutter that are still doing that because shutter is essentially a horror fans employee pick shelf yeah but now they have budget for their own originals as well. Yeah, and maybe with this, I'll throw up a web page that has Frank and Scott's employee picks. Yeah. And I'll at least link these movies that we're going to do. And maybe we'll do like mini episodes in between before the episode comes out to tell you about it. Because I swear to you, <laughs> I am going to spoil all these fucking movies for you. And a lot of them, I wouldn't tell a normal person to watch them. 
Yeah, so real quick, again, in a little bit, we'll be talking about Shadow in the Cloud. It's on Hulu, so big spoiler alert, because I have a feeling we're going to tear it apart. You know, really get in there. I want to talk about the last five minutes of this movie. <laughs> I want to I talk about the middle, the beginning, the end, and the way my feelings slid down a very slippery slope as the movie went on. Before we get into it, just can I ask, do you see why I had to ask you yes, what yes. do you think about this I movie? I understand that I was also the only person that you know that you could probably have gotten me to watch that and my wife watched this movie with and i me. did not I, i'm glad you brought that up as soon as i asked you on the phone and you were like yeah we we watched it the other night i was like oh man i didn't mean for you to necessarily bring her into this i literally <laughs> told her when we started the movie you you're not going to enjoy this yeah like, i don't know anything about this movie i thought it was a world war ii movie it is but I don't know. You know, well, quick side note on the way that they promoted it. We we had gone to see a movie in a theater, and that's the first time I saw a trailer. It looked like a World War II action movie. Yeah, I, I did some research on this, and we'll go over that. We have some other business Frank wanted to get to. Largely, <laughs> the, the reason we bring any of this up is our taste in movies is real off for people who've seen as many movies. I like the same things as everyone else. I can't wait to see the Batman. That's my shit. Yeah. I'm a huge Batman fan. I love fucking Christopher Nolan movies. I was like devastated. I couldn't see Tenet in the theater when it came out because of the pandemic. I'm an M. Night Shyamalan fan. I, no matter what people say, I will watch them, every movie that he puts out. You know, I'm like, oh, he's come. It's something else. I'm I'm ready for it. That's that same thing where like, I know I bring Castle up too much probably, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like Castle has been a, a real comfort to me during the hard times of this last couple of years. And it's because the predictability makes me feel stable and that's what i get from an m night Shyamalan movie i know what to expect but i don't have any fucking idea what to expect i like that they're not great movies necessarily although we may talk about old a little bit yeah i mean if if we want to go down the m night trail i've got plenty to say about every one of those but i was movies. thinking in the future we do like I'd like to do a whole episode of the podcast just about dinner party movies. Yeah, that'd be yeah. dinner Some party of my movies. Favorite movies. My favorite yeah. genre that doesn't exist. They're so good, and it encompasses all genres. But there's a very specific like dinner party movie. I love it. But that's for another day. Yeah, let's not get into that. Like dinner party movies, M Night Shyamalan. Those could each be their own. I could just go on forever. Frank wanted to talk a little more about uh, there are only so many faces. <laughs> And I know he didn't put it that way. But no, I love the way you put it. There are only, so, you know, there are only so many faces. We briefly glanced over Thomas Jane and Aaron Eckhart being and almost the like same And I feel like that's person. the one that we talk about the most. We do talk about that the most. I've also, I still have that. I wouldn't say that Christopher Lambert looks like Aaron Eckhart. But I will say that he and Thomas Jane are the same Was he Raiden person. in Mortal Kombat? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, big yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Highlander. Yeah, he's yeah. the Highlander. And yeah. so that's where my theory comes from is that Thomas Jane is a Highlander. Yeah. And that he's actually Christopher Lambert. He just got a new identity. Well, yeah. And when it comes to the Thomas Jane and the Aaron Eckhart, I think success-wise, Aaron Eckhart won the race. Oh, for sure. You know, Thomas Jane is your bargain Aaron Eckhart. But Thomas Jane, I like more. I, You know, I like it in, you know, movies like The Core. Oh, yeah. it's That movie is it's it's not good but i will watch it it's if pure it's cake it's it's that like, i will watch independence the core if it's on what is the core 2003 i believe yeah i will watch the core wait was that thomas jane or aaron eckhart no i'm confused <gasps> it long was, oh it was my aaron god, eckhart it wasn't it <laughs> oh my god we did it already
Yeah, and that it, was Aaron Eckhart. And for anyone who's wondering, oh my God. I, I was trying I can't to believe figure. I slipped up. We slipped up that fast, and that that was accident. That was pure accident. But this is what this is why I wanted to bring it up. He also brought up Jake Gyllenhaal and Tobey Maguire. Clearly, one is superior to the other. Clearly, one at this point in time, I still love Wonder Boys, though. Oh my God, Wonder Boys is Wonder Boys was amazing. We watched Wonder Boys a few weeks ago. Did you? Yeah, because she'd never seen it. It's been somewhere. I have it on VHS in a blockbuster case. I have it on DVD. I. think. Thing. somewhere i have it on vhs i rented it on my mom's account when we were in high school we started going to the other blockbuster never returned it to the other one they never said anything at the other blockbuster so i got that and i forget the other movie but yeah wonder boys vhs in the blockbuster case wonder boys was a great movie uh toby mcguire uh robert downey jr yeah robert michael downey douglas jr. like a fresh out of rehab robert downey jr yeah and, and back to toby mcguire jake gyllenhaal toby mcguire most people i i swear most people are like spider in my mind, I go to Wonder Boys. I go to the Ice Storm. Oh, the Ice Storm. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, Ice Storm. That's Elijah Wood's like Jeez. end of childhood moment. Yes, that could. <laughs> no more North. North is yeah. gone yeah. once you hit the Ice Storm. In retrospect, it weirds me out that he's the good kid in The Good Son and that Macaulay Culkin is the bad kid because now Elijah Wood is much scarier to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh my God. So good. is that the name of that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He nailed that character. His character made me really feel that movie. Yeah, I, th- I feel like he's found his place now. Yeah. You know, and he somehow slipped the Hobbit knot. Mm, he did. He did. Charlie from Lost is, he's, he never really shook that Hobbit shit. No. No. And yeah. And we're not going <laughs> to, let's not get into Lost just yet. I, I have some things to say about Lost. We could talk about Lost. I would need a refresher on Lost. It's been a long time. And man, I, that last season, they really stretched it. I'm going to bring some Lost stuff up when we're talking about Shadow in the Cloud. For, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I draw some parallels. <laughs> I have a theory. You know, and we, you know, we mentioned Thomas Jane, Aaron Eckhart, Jake Gyllenhaal, Tobey Maguire. I kind of wanted to bring up how Woody Harrelson was that guy with like the Southern charm. You know, tan guy, southern charm. He was yeah. he was your country guy, but he could he could play a you know not so country role. And then I feel like Matthew McConaughey took his place in Hollywood. There was a long time where I didn't feel great about Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. and I thought that any Leonardo he since has corrected this in my mind. A lot of it has to do with that hideous beard that he keeps growing. <laughs> but I. I would have said at one time that every movie with Leonardo DiCaprio would be better with Matt Damon. And I no longer think that. No. At the time, it was, I felt like it was spot on. Oh, man. What was that movie that they were in? Together? Yeah. What movie were they in? It was that gangster movie. Jack Nicholson was the boss. Oh, right. The Departed. The Departed. Yeah. There you go. They were in that together. And that was in my head when you said that. I, it did something. I twitched. But then I was like, wait, they were in a movie that I've seen, you know, several times. The Departed. Yeah. I feel like that that's the departure. Like, you know, that have you ever seen that Keenan Peele sketch where they break down where Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer bounced off each other and went in opposite directions? No. No, it's, I have not. It's brilliant. Basically, they go through every Val Kilmer movie and then they're like, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. That's where Robert starts going back up and Val Kilmer starts going down and it's fucking true and i think the departed is where leonardo dicaprio and matt damon can i tell you no bullshit i want to say that's why i'm glad we're talking about these things because back to the staff picks real quick we didn't really talk about what was on my wall what was on your wall the only two that i could think of no shit were kiss kiss bang bang and kids and i had kids on the wall 
I wouldn't at, dare. at Hollywood Video in Cedar Park, Texas. I don't think people under. I tried to tell him if I saw the wrong people walking up, I was like, "Hey, this is this is not for kids. This is on my wall because <laughs> I've watched this movie more times than I should have." But yeah, the only two that I could think of were Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Kids. Because while we had a, a kind of crazy selection in that catalog, you know, the, the yeah. paid for movies, the older stuff, the real money makers of the corporate Hollywood video, you know, you really wanted to push those old ones because they were paid for. So there's the store profit right there. I have a feeling the store I was at was not following those rules. Not following I'm that. I'm pretty sure Murray just went to Costco and bought whatever came out that day. Yeah. The, one of the smarter things they did was like, be sure to push the catalog because those movies are paid for. Anything, when those get rented, that's profit. The new release wall, yeah, it's popular, but those are brand new. How much do they cost per I really unit? like to learn how the profits and streaming work nowadays. Yeah, how to, how that gets broken down, yeah, the residuals. I, I knew a um, lot about how video store stuff worked because the first videotape that you could buy and bring home was Top Gun. That was the, the very first thing released on VHS that wow. you could buy and bring home, perpetuated by pornography pornography <laughs> was the first thing you could get a vhs tape of and bring home for real yeah. but like they didn't think it was a good idea to release stuff like that yeah and i mean if you watch a documentary like the last blockbuster it's they, they touch on that they touch about how video stores came to be the giant that they were the good old days there was something about going to a video store and having to pick what you were going to watch that night and commit to it even if it was bad you watched it yeah when you were younger the parents would get their movie you would get your one to three movies for the, your friend who was staying the night with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe a video game. Yeah, and you would watch Jurassic Park like 18 times before you had to take it back. Just put that shit on a loop. Yeah, I was an odd kid once for my eighth birthday. I mean, I got baseball movies, so I got Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck, which was oh my god, <laughs> not the best movie. But then at eight years old, I loved A League of Their Own. I loved A League of Their Own, too. And it made a me, League of Their Own was a solid fucking movie. It made me cry at eight years old. And I know that there's no crying in baseball, but Jesus. <laughs> When that Madonna song hits at the credits, you're just like, fuck my Wait, that life. was the thing that fucking put you over? Yeah. Oh, when it was showing all the old ladies? Yeah, and it's like, this used to be our playground. And I'm like, oh, god damn it. Why does it have to be over? You guys had such a good story. You know, like, oh, Kit, just fucking play with your sister. Man, you know, um, legendary fucking Tom Hanks part in that movie. Yeah. Too. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no and i mean when gina davis was a thing um laurie petty you know up and comer bam Man, when i was a little kid i had a crush on gina davis oh shit i thought you were gonna say laurie petty laurie petty no and you know see I, that's I never the, really the in the army now and uh, i was young but in a league of their own and tank girl i loved laurie petty fair I, enough i thought she was hot no, is it Gina Davis, man? Long kiss, good night, Gina Davis. Yeah, I, Earth Girls Are Easy, Cutthroat Island, Gina Davis. Ruined I never her watched career. It. Terrible yeah, movie. Um, I think on most lists, one of the worst movies ever made. Right? Doesn't it, that always make the top five, top you know, ten? And this is where the video store clerk comes in. It's not fucking as bad as everyone makes it out to be. It's not a great movie. It's I no never Pirates watched of the it. Caribbean. <laughs> Maybe we'll do an episode where we I, watch I, Cutthroat who, Island. Was Matthew Modine in that? It was a Disney movie, wasn't? It? Or it was. 
connected to Disney in some way. One of the biggest things that makes it a failure was cost versus... No, it's a legacy pictures movie. So, not Disney. Not Disney? Is it Matthew Modine? I'm very curious because I I felt very... (laughs) I was like, I've never seen it, but I fucking know who's in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that happens to me a lot. There's like movies I shelved a lot at the video store and like, yeah, I've seen that and then I'll watch it and I'll... I never fucking watched this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I've been talking about it like I watched it. Also, I can't believe Cutthroat Island came out in 1995. Oh, shit. In my head, I thought it was 90 or 91. Yeah, that's way later than I expected. Yeah, I thought it was 90, 91 something, but no, mid-90s. Okay. Gina Davis with that pirate push-up bra. Pirate push-up. You guys couldn't see the gesture I just made. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. That, that sound. That, that sums it up. Was it Matthew Modine? I have to know. I'm looking. I'm looking. Yeah, Matthew Modine. Fuck yes. Yeah. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, so let's get to Shadow in the Cloud Uh-oh. before we we talk for an hour. Yeah, let me pull up my notes randomly. Um, my notes are in chronological thing. order. Uh, so I had asked Scott to watch this. Maybe it has been a year. I, I left. It, I think it has been almost a year of me avoiding watching this fucking but- movie because <laughs> I just I would pull up the. I would pull up the thing and just look at the fucking poster. And a lot of my assumptions about this movie were correct. <laughs> a lot of them are bewilderingly not. Okay. And again, to start, my wife and I were at a movie. I saw a preview for this Chloe Grace Moretz film, Shadow in the Cloud. It was it was promoted as a World War II action movie. Some of the things, and again, spoiler, it's coming up big time. We're going to talk about this movie through and through. It. It showed uh, dogfighting in the air, you know, like a bomber getting attacked by fighter planes, yeah. World War II era, her being shot out of one plane and blasted back into the plane she got shot out of. And I was like, what is this? Why did she make this movie? Why is it a movie? Because I watched so many movies, one night it was late, I noticed, hey, Hulu has Shadow in the Cloud. Let's just put it on the music. Immediately, the soundtrack. It's oh, not. Amount of Kate Bush in this fucking movie is inappropriate. <laughs> There is more than one Kate Bush song in this fucking World War II movie, which is a large part of what I am bewildered by. A, it's filmed way too nicely. The definition of this movie for a World War II movie is jarring. It, mm-hmm. it looks too good for what it is. And if it had gotten a little bit grittier or something... You mean like might... a little more grime in there? Just like yeah. that overall, you know, these are World War II bomber crew, you know, uh, yeah. it's a World War okay. II bomber. So so a plot synopsis, if you're not going to watch this movie, which is fine, you can live <laughs> the rest of your life without <laughs> seeing this what? fucking movie and you will probably have a better life for it. But in the same breath, I would like to say, you should watch it. It's fucking batshit crazy. I watch this movie and I I have a 10 to 20 minute rule. Sometimes I will cut it after 10. That's where this movie gets really interesting was at the beginning of the movie, I thought I was going to feel a certain way about it. And Mm -hmm. then about 30 minutes into it, I was like, oh my God, is this movie good? You start to question whether or not it's a good movie. So she, it doesn't explain anything. There's a World War II plane that i wanted to look this up but i don't think that they used those planes for what they were using it for in the movie well so it's a b-17 flying fortress um that's a bomber it's a long-range bomber what were they doing they were running transponders somewhere yeah and this is super nerdy but i'm pretty sure that those planes only fire backwards i also i feel like i've watched a documentary about these and you can't climb into one of those while the plane's in the air don't think that's that's how it worked i think those guys had to get in there on the ground and be in it until the fucking plane landed. See, I think there may have been a hatch on the inside because you do have a nose gunner, you have a tail gunner, you've got a gunner on top of the plane, you've got the belly gunner. 
I think you can get in from the plane, but th- I think you can, thing- but I don't think you can do it in the air. That's either it was World like War II a forty point. safety mechanism, perhaps. Yeah, there, there, <laughs> this this movie wasn't doing all of its research, which is fine. It just happened to be a B seventeen flying fortress that they chose as their plane. So it felt like the guy who wrote this movie, who is Max Landis, who has written some good shit and is a huge piece of shit. <laughs> he he, he w- had this movie snatched away from him and rewritten several times. Shadow in the Cloud? Yeah. So Max Landis wrote, he wrote Bright. Bright that was on Netflix with Will Smith? Yes. Yes, he wrote Bright. He also wrote Chronicle, which was pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, the handheld with the guys, who, the yeah. young guys. Who American the, Ultra, the, big fan. Wow. Uh, one of Jesse Eisenberg's Eisenberg finest and uh, movies. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Where Bear. she wasn't Kristen Stewart the whole time. He's had his ups and downs, though. He also wrote Mr. Wright. So he he's just taken writing work here and there, but mm. apparently this this motherfucker raped a bunch of people. Oh so, no! Yeah, and it's beat like, people and all kinds of stuff. Uh, full disclosure: I meant to do some research on who produced, who directed, who wrote. Yeah, I failed on this one. I, I I really just wanted to rewatch so I could be up on my points when we were talking about the movie. But I'm glad you looked into that, and I'm glad that I know that. that yeah, sucks. I I looked into it to a certain extent. So that's going to factor into some of the things I said. Not his piece of shitness. If you want to get mad at me about that, that's fine. But I, <laughs> the art and the artist are separate to me. I, I wrote an article about this on Dispatches from the Pit going into why you can still like Harry Potter, even if the woman who wrote it is not your cup of tea. Yeah. You know, I don't care what your fucking political beliefs are. If I like your book, I like your book. It doesn't have anything to fucking do with the book. Harry's Potter, man. Yeah. Uh, Largely properties like that get out of their control. But some of his piece of shitness is not present in the movie, but the retaliation to him is, I think. Mm. Because we didn't get to talk about Fresh as much as I would have liked last time. Fresh is fucking amazing. One of the big things about Fresh was that it had... It delivered this feminist message in a way that didn't feel like you were trying to jam it down my fucking throat, which I thought was beautiful. That's how you do it. You know? Are you saying that was a good dose of girl power? Yeah, it was a nice dose of girl power, but it's done so improperly so often that it makes it uh, it's, it's not it's not good. And real, I don't mean girl power in a demeaning way whatsoever. I was a huge Spice Girl fan, so I no, know but, all uh, about fucking girl power. Just did you that see this Black Christmas remake nightmare with Imogen Poots? I started it. I something I did not get to finish. I have not seen it. Good for you. It has this fucking heavy-handed fucking girl power shit that okay. they, they like cram it into the movie, and that doesn't serve the story well. Mm-hmm. You can make a movie that sells that message really well by just writing a good movie. How many times have they tried to make Black Christmas? Oh my god, so many times. I'm a fan of the Michelle Trachtenberg one though. It was it was good. Yeah, that's the thing is I started losing track of like, well, shit, which Black Christmas was that from? Who wait, who was in that yeah, one? And, and then I'm, I'm almost like, well, wait, this is from another decade. How am I mixing it up? Yeah, and I remember watching that uh, as a little kid on the Chili Billy program. Fuck, is, is that an East Coast? It was thing? yeah, it was like a he he had a radio show for a long time. He died <laughs> maybe Chili at Billy? the beginning of the pandemic, but he was a like a he he dressed up like a fucking vampire and presented movies on public access. Oh, in Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. No, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, well, I watched that. Chili and, uh, Billy. Yeah, the original Black Christmas, and I loved it when I was a kid. <laughs> My mom would let me watch really weird shit. We talked about this last episode too, but 
I watched The Bad Seed a bunch of times when I was a kid. I don't know if you've ever seen The Bad Seed, but it's about a little girl who drowns a little boy. And this was like in the 40s or 50s, black mm-hmm. and white movie. Mm-hmm. He like beats her at a creative writing contest. They had planned this party for her because she was so sure she was going to win. And this other kid wins and she fucking drowns his ass. <laughs> and then the mom finds her medal in a drawer and realizes her daughter drowned this little fucking boy. And it's a really complicated movie, but my mom let me watch that when I was like... And it's that? It's 40s? Yeah, 40s, 50s. Okay. Maybe early 60s. I don't know. It was based on a book. I think Rob Lowe remade it recently. Rob Lowe. And he played the mom, but he he plays the dad. It's like a single dad story instead. Okay. To get back to uh, Shadow in the Cloud. Yeah, let's not stray too far. <laughs> we're we're going to stray a lot all the time because that's the way my brain works. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Yeah. That shit crazy. So, so for the first... But we'll get back to yeah, it. Yeah, basically this, this girl gets on this plane and... She's got special orders. Yeah, they're being super sexist. She catches the plane on the runway, so it's a little awkward because they're, they're about to take yeah, off. and she's doing a absolutely terrible British accent. Oh, and this is on the Allied side out of New Zealand. They're in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, see, I missed that completely. Yeah, they, that's why the that co-pilot... The co-pilot was from New Zealand. Yes, okay. and so that's the location where the plot starts. So she gets on the plane, and they make her sit in the gunner belly. They take her package away from her. First, I would like to point out that she is sitting on almost an identical box the entire movie to the one that she hands off, this package she's supposed to be protecting for the British government. While she's down there, she listens to them over the radio say a bunch of fucked up sexist shit. And then she flips out at them, tells them that she is a like some sort of officer for the British Air Force and that she has more experience than them. There's I believe, so which, much dialogue yeah, where which, she is in this gunner bubble. And it's just, it's, it goes on. Yeah, a lot on. of continuity errors with her pushing the buttons. Sometimes they come on. Sometimes she has to flip it to receive. I, like, it was sort of bothering me, but then I let it go. Mm-hmm. I can suspend disbelief. It's fine. You don't have to nail it. Uh, not every time. Not at, some things you have to because once you once you've watched so many you start to nitpick. Yeah, you know but you're in this so gunner turret. She's sitting on the exact same sort of bag that she insists she can't take in there and hands off to this other guy in a different gunner turret, and he's going to take care of it for her. And I was like, wait, is he also in a gunner turret? Why does he have her package then? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just take the fucking package in there with you? They needed the guy who was in the seat behind the pilots until he jumped up in his turret. And that comes up later. Apparently, this guy who defends her and runs to her defense is going to result in this completely unearned relationship that they reveal to you halfway through the movie. And we're supposed to care about their love connection. Well, and we haven't discussed what was in the package. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But also, another precursor, the film did start with a short cartoon. It started with a weird uh looney tunes war propaganda cartoon. yeah and it's essentially telling you stay in tip-top shape stay on your toes stay clean watch out for the gremlins and then at the beginning when a woman is hastily putting things together and it's chloe grace that's before she gets on the plane you'll notice again there's some stickers on the lockers warning about gremlins the gremlins aren't supposed to be a literal thing it's just when something goes wrong on the plane watch out for yeah so so max landis saw terror at thirty thousand feet the Twilight Zone episode with William Shatner, later with what some people might John know as Lithgow. the thing on the wing. 
yeah, there's something on the wing. Mm-hmm. And then John Lithgow did it way better because he just fucking freaked out and his hair was all sticking up. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. <laughs> I, I, I was like similarity. Mentioned the similarity. Oh, yeah. Because it's, the, it's so strong. Well, when it, they do the faraway shot of the gremlin that mm-hmm. ends up on this plane and it starts ripping their engine apart, uh, it looks exactly like it did in the, the Twilight Zone movie, which scared the shit so, out of me when I was Because the effects kid. are so much better Oh, now, my too. God. Yeah, but... That, <laughs> Compared to either one of those... Yeah, because in the original Twilight Zone episode, it's a guy in a bear suit with like a weird painted green face and it is not scary. But William Shatner is making all these fucking faces. The one in the Lithgow thing looked pretty. The Twilight Zone movie was fucking terrifying. It was just some of those were scary. And it was as a, as a yeah. child watching that, you're like, oh, that's creepy. As yeah, because they did the little boy who could control things with his mind. And they did some real good. Richard Matheson story episodes of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, and I mean, what when you get the cold opener with Dan Aykroyd? Oh my god, that scared the shit out of me. When yeah, it was Albert Brooks, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Want to see something really scary? Oh my god, but yeah, he clearly Max Landis was high on cocaine and watched either the Twilight Zone movie. (laughs) Wait, yeah. Or he watched the original Twilight Zone. In one night, he watched uh, Memphis Bell, Twilight Zone. And Stranger Things. Yeah, although I guess the there Jordan Peele Twilight Zone, they redid Terror 30,000 Feet, didn't they? Did they? I think they did. I think it's Adam Scott, I want to uh, say. I told myself, don't watch these in order. So I watched the those just way out of order. I uh-huh. uh, And I, I, I didn't see that there was a remake of that. I remember that Kumail Nanjahani's on the, the comedian episode, the stand-up comedian in hell, where he just can't get a laugh. <laughs> Which was is good. It was really good. That was a really old Twilight Zone episode. Real early. There's a lot of... Uh, yeah, but that's our touchstone with the gremlin on the, the wing of the plane. Yeah, think Twilight Zone. Yeah, and when, so... When we talk about the creature in this, think Twilight Zone, thing on the wing. It's... It looks exactly the same from far away. Up close, it looks really terrible. And uh, so just quick recap up. She gets on the plane. They stick her in that in that that gunner spot on the belly side of the plane. Yeah. So the first 30, there's a lot of sexist conversation. They're like, oh, check out the ass. Oh, I'd hit that. And that, you know, and yeah, she's so, asked them to hold on to this package, which is the mission. Um, yeah. And she claims to be a British agent of some sort. And that the yeah, Brits she was are an auxiliary pilot. Yeah. So, like women at that point, you know, they might not have been able to fly the, the fighter planes, but they could be auxiliary. Pilot. They could fly. For one reason or another. And they were basically implying she had skills. But then halfway through the movie, it gets revealed that she's just fucking lying and she's an American. Uh, her husband so. was abusive. She left the husband, started dating the guy who's on that crew. And the package is a fucking baby. Boom. That doesn't cry ever. That never cries. <laughs> That's in a 40s era leather bag meant to carry radio equipment. She's sitting on the exact same bag in... The gunner thing. There's a lot going on. She's trying to explain to them what's going on. The captain doesn't believe her. She's she's in there. She gets trapped in there because the latch breaks. So at this point in the movie, I thought this whole movie was going to be her stuck in this little thing. And I knew that there was going to be some sort of gremlin shit going on. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this could be good if she's just stuck in this thing and the again, whole time. And again, this was promoted as a World War II action movie. Weird creatures, nothing about, you know, just being a little offbeat. You expected it to be a semi-low budget World War II action movie based on the preview. I, that's kind of what I wanted. At that point, Like <laughs> I was like, I can do this bottle episode where she's just 
in this fucking thing the whole time. But again, you've got the soundtrack that's like this mellow slash EDM mix slash yeah, this weird quasi cut copy score music. Yeah, like oh, is that a keyboard from an eighties horror movie? What am I hearing here? The music was completely fucking inappropriate, and two Kate Bush songs. I'm not going to fucking let that go. Like, what's up with the fucking Kate Bush songs in this movie? Was that just like them being like feminist slap Max Landis? Whatever. That's fine. If you were trying to rub it in his face, according to him, 95% of the script that he wrote is still in the movie, despite it being rewritten three times. This movie goes fucking completely off the rails after this. The runtime is somewhere like an hour and 23 minutes. Oh, no shit. It's extremely short. And the thing is, I believe the movie ends at about the 110 mark. I think a movie like this should be about that long. Yeah, like an hour 10, hour 15, I think, is the actual end before they start doing the credits. The majority of the movie is her stuck in that turret. They find the baby. They find out that he's the father of the child. They start to confirm that there is a gremlin. Meanwhile, Japanese planes are attacking them. They they start to pursue them, which, by the way, she blasts the first one out of the sky. And they're like, oh, she got it. Yeah, oh, they're like, oh, it. shit, we were wrong yeah, about maybe you. Maybe we shouldn't have been t- talking shit and sexually harassing this poor woman. And she blows the fuck out of a plane and you're like oh yeah okay they're gonna be nice to her no another big point the first thing i wrote down about this movie was i was like the writing is pretty good the second thing i wrote down was why did they cast her in this fucking movie it's not that she did a bad job it's she just doesn't look right for who this character is Mm -hmm. it was a weird fucking choice she's great kick-ass is amazing the carrie remake was great let the right one in remake will let me in let me in yeah yeah it's fine She should not have been in this movie. And not to say that that would have saved this movie from being what it is. I think the rewrites are probably a lot of why this is fucked up. (laughs) I mean, yeah, once that would make sense. You know, once it passes through so many hands, the ideas get a little skewed. The third thing that I wrote down was this gremlin has a tiny little dick. Did it? My wife can spot an alien dick from 40 (laughs) feet away. This is a movie where nobody tried to fuck the alien. No one tried to fuck it. There was That's no been splice. going around a lot. Yeah, Splice. Splice. Really sorry, I watched this box. one recently with a, a lighthouse, Cold Skin. Hey man. Oh, you... sorry. Spoiler alert there. Cold Skin. They they fuck the foreign being. <laughs> Just by the way. I think, uh, it, I think it's fine. Yeah. Because nobody's going to watch that. It was on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Cold Skin. It's, it's, it's entertaining. Because we're going to get real fucked up with the movie we're doing next week. We'll talk about that at the end. <laughs> yeah. The music is atrocious. This mm-hmm. tiny little dick gremlin. Yeah. It's after she blows up the first enemy plane that they're like, oh she's a badass but then they're like what's causing all these engine failures and stuff and they're like this all started when she got on there's some sort of mind control device in that package huge fucking leap there there's also these really weird cuts of them with just black which i think were supposed to be like them her picturing them in her mind oh those were the intro scenes yeah but they kept up for a little while and then they just dropped them at some point or how about how many times they showed the guy's feet with the package how many times did you see that clip? That's what I noticed. I was like, quite a few. And it they're was showing probably the same still. shot. Yeah. And they just kept throwing it in there. And it's like, we get it. The package is at his feet. Yeah. It's got a weird He's, breathing hole cut in the side. But it's once they start questioning, oh, she brought something on this plane that's affecting our minds. Yeah. We got to look in this. We're gonna look. So they overpower him. That's when they find out it's the baby. And so that's where we're at. She's still in there. She's blown up an enemy plane. She saved their lives. She wasn't bullshitting. And one of them even mentions, 
Well, she's not bullshitting about the enemy plane. Why would she be bullshitting about the creature? During this, another person is seeing the gremlin and trying to tell them that there's a fucking gremlin. And, and even still though he's like, a part of the crew, they're still dismissing don't him. Don't fall for this hysterical woman bullshit. They pushed this hysterical woman thing way too far. It's fake news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake news. So uh, then we get to the climax where the gremlin may or may not have killed the fucking the, the dad. The dad. He got out of the seat in which the package was being guarded at his feet to to take over the turret on top of the plane. It gets taken out by one of the fighters and she has the breakdown moment. And the baby is missing now. And they so, don't know where the and baby so is. And so she looks out, and the gremlin has the fucking baby outside of the plane. And he's teasing her with yeah, it. Yeah, he's like just he kind of... Yeah. He's dangling This the is package. when we saw his tiny little gremlin penis. Was that the scene with the, with the, the yeah, gremlin Yeah, it's like dick? the baby, and he like leans up, and there's just, just the head of Dude, a penis sticking out. No way. Oh, yeah. Big time. Kelly's, little baby Petey Kelly down there? Kelly spotted it before I fucking... I well, wasn't looking for a gremlin dick, but... Okay, and which I appreciate that they gave it one at all. Which I, I can't believe I missed a gremlin. The dick. attention to detail in the special effects was not bad in this movie. No, the, no this no. movie had a lot going for it as far as for I'm sure the quality. budget that it had, it was clean. It, yeah, it, it was it was a it was clean. You know, I did. I was just talking shit about the still shots of the feet with the package. A little context to the release of this movie. This movie has a 77 percent critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Not horrible. Which is not horrible. Not horrible. Its audience score is atrocious. It's 30. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. And no matter how much I'm going to rag on this well, movie. Well, what happened bit, there? Who reviewed the movie? Well, I want to appreciate the movie for what it was that, you know, had some, I don't even not integrity. You know, just it had some, uh, it's, it's just hard to describe. Richard it's Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times says, a wonderfully bonkers B-movie. Close. but Half-assed answer. Half-assed answer. I feel like that's still not spot on. Richard that Whitaker of the Austin Chronicle says, more talk or more monsters, pick a side. <laughs> <laughs> I would fully agree with that. He was obviously not a fan of the huge dialogue at the, what, the first third or I half I would also film. agree, because at this point, it, turns into a completely fucking different movie it becomes sort of an action movie this is this Chloe is a big Grace one for Moretz me is crawling around on the outside of a okay movie again plane we think that the baby daddy might be dead she looks over out the side of the turret underneath the wing from the torn up engine where the gremlin was just wrecking shop you see the gremlin drop down with the baby he's almost taunting her she crawls out onto the plane to get her baby the wind is minimal like barely industrial fan wind She's crawling like something on American Ninja Warrior along the bottom of this plane. Upside down. Upside down. You know, I thought I thought it was kind of cool, cheesy that when they did the rotation. Again, this is not bad. That all of this is fine. This was a very put, overblown action sequence. Though. All put together though. And it goes on for a long fucking time. So, yeah. So she gets her baby back from the gremlin. She basically like crawls into some wheel well it's and then some serious rock to, climbing skills, but she, upside down. And she's more or less safe now. She's inside the plane again. Yeah, it, it's drawn out quite a bit though, this whole sequence. It's a couple minutes. Yeah, but oh wait, I have to go back to the gunner with my baby. So she takes her baby <laughs> from the wheel well of the plane and 
crawls back to the gunner oh, turret. During this crawling out towards the wing and back, the actual turret itself falls from the plane. This leaves a gap. This leaves a hole. Oh, that's right. Gaping this hole. This leaves a, yeah, it's like a gaping hole in the bottom of the plane where the turret was. So by the time she makes it back to the center of the, the bottom of the plane, the turret's gone. She lifts the, she threw it up in there. Yeah, the she baby? tosses the baby up in there. This is the most durable baby ever. Yeah. And this is when they're still being attacked by Japanese planes at this point while she's fighting with a gremlin trying to steal the baby. She throws the baby back up in there. She slips. She had cut herself initially. This was nothing worth mentioning at the time, but she cuts herself when she first gets in the turret and tries to get out. So there's a bandage on it. The only thing holding her from falling through the gaping hole is that bandage. That's our Chekhov's gun there. <laughs> you, do you know about Chekhov's gun? So Chekhov's gun is a concept in a book. If you if you put a gun on the mantle in Act One, you better fucking fire it in Act Three. <laughs> so okay. so this bandage is our Chekhov's gun. The bandage rips. She falls. One of the enemy planes gets blown up directly beneath her. Blows her back into the fucking plane. Blows her right through the gaping hole into the plane. I don't know. A little. I don't know either. The way they filmed the sequence of her crawling, it very unbelievable. The wind w was very unrealistic. When it first started, Terrible she's crawling. Terrible blue screen, a bewildering lack of wind. And then the blowing back into the hole was what was one of the scenes in the preview that I saw years ago. And uh, I was like, what the hell is this? There it is. Yeah, I'm going to say this is a movie I would never have watched if you didn't. It's also <laughs> a movie that I'm completely unsurprised that you decided to watch it because I know you that well. Uh, so at this point in my notes, I wrote, this movie is not good. <laughs> That's all I wrote down. Okay, let's go ahead and fast forward. So there's the underbelly underbelly action sequence. It starts getting in the plane and killing people. In my notes, I have, it can fly. I, I swear at the beginning of this movie, I was like, that thing had wings and then it didn't have wings. And okay. now it doesn't have wings Right again. after the Scottish man dies, she gets a good clock in. Something happens. She drills it. It falls. And you're like, oh, it's falling from the plane. It's gone. Oh, wings. It can fly. <laughs> so I'm not sure where they're flying or what they're flying to, but we know they're in the Pacific Ocean or they're over the Pacific. Oh, big continuity note right there, by the way. Scottish dude falls. She, you kick out the gremlin. You think it's gone. It flies away. It shows her walking. The bag is still on the ground. Next scene, it shows her coming up behind the pilot and the co-pilot. <laughs> <laughs> the bag is around her shoulder. She's got the baby. Yeah, there are a lot of continuity. There's errors. a lot, but that one stuck out because I'm like, she's Scottish guy's dead. Yeah, the beast is out for a minute. All of the tension of this movie is on this fucking baby bag. It's the mother instinct. They really want to push to you that she has the mama bears coming out. She's going to protect this child. The relationship comes up again here mm -hmm. and they're reunited. The dad is still alive. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. But, the, the but we don't care because nothing has earned this fucking moment yeah you don't care about the relationship basically every sexist in the movie has died now yeah they, it's a karma thing and i think that was a karma you didn't care that they were dying because they were like oh hey yeah and remember or, that because it's going to bring us to a really baffling point about the end of the movie <laughs> so all that you're left with is the new Ze the co-pilot from new zealand mm -hmm. her she jumps in the pilot seat by the way Baby because Daddy, she's a pilot because because she's a pilot mm -hmm. the engines are out they're losing altitude they have to make a move that denzel washington made in the movie flight to oh. get it slowed down <laughs> yeah Okay. I don't know if you realize. Also, they pass over like a jungle, land in a swamp, and then they're suddenly on a beach yes. when the plane crashes. Yeah. It looks and like. <laughs> so at this point in my notes, I go, oh, my God, is the baby Daniel Faraday from Lost? Is this Eloise? Is the dad Charles Whitmore? Did they just land on the fucking island? Because we never found out in Lost how those two got there. I think this is it. They land. 
the plane. Yeah, they they pulled a maneuver that if you're familiar with the movie uh, Flight with Denzel. Seems like too big of a plane for this to work. But it does. It's uh, fine. B-17 Flying Fortress is a boat. It was a World War II bomber. It had four engines. It was long, multiple gunner seats. It's a big plane. I forget that you know all this shit because of your family, but... It's a weird thing I have with history. I love history stuff. So it's yeah, but also you're, your I have a lot of military. Air Force, I have right? Army, Air Force, Air Force Reserve, National Guard, some military in the family. And I just being at the base when I was little, I buy books about planes. Yeah, and back when the History Channel showed history. Yeah, I mean, uh, World War II in Color is one of the shows I can go to sleep to. But I, yeah, so I mean, it's I don't know if that maneuver is even possible in that plane from that era. They pull off the maneuver, and like Scott said, the landscape changed rapidly. Rapidly. So I don't know where they're at now. Would you call that a Which, lagoon? I would call it the island from Lost. <laughs> I'm going to call it a fucking lagoon. I wrote it down multiple times. I think this is the island from Lost. Yeah, they fuck, They crash in a, fucking, in a fucking lagoon. This is supposedly New Zealand still because they turned back. Once they found the baby, they made the decision to turn back. So the plane was not going to its destination. So just to reiterate another point from Lost, they're, they're going to be looking for this plane in the wrong place. <laughs> So this is totally, Jacob was going to walk out at any moment. I, I was sure of it at this point in the movie that he was going to be like, what are you all doing here? He's not on the manifest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ethan. <laughs> Fucking Ethan. <laughs> and, yeah, don't get us. All right. They're on a beach. The plane is on fire, but yeah. And then she goes and like has a, fucking last of us ellie abby fight i know you don't have a playstation so you don't know what i'm talking about but they, she, she beats the shit out of this alien yeah she's in straight six boxes inches it. of water she she's punching the thing she's yeah. beating the shit out of it she beats the fuck out of this alien a after she like scolds the dad for not taking care of the baby like <laughs> yeah. like you had one fucking job Suddenly, this is not the character we've been watching. I feel like she movie. literally bowed her arms out, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. She got like a, a gorilla walk. Yeah, she, she, she the arms over. came out. The, the Stallone lip is flaring. The sleeve gets ripped. It has claws on its hands, by the way. Yeah. You almost Velociraptor-like. Yeah, and we can't see its wings now. Where the wings go. I believe they retracted. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes everything fine. I believe they retracted. Scott. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, one of the uh, do we have the same note on the very end? I wrote, "Oh my god, she's breastfeeding the baby from her bleeding tit." I had a goofy ass face emoji, then breastfeeds with a fucking laughing face <laughs> because. I feel like it's supposed to be like, you know, an empowerment moment. Yeah, she's, but how are you supposed to take that seriously? Her tit is bleeding. You can't do that on Instagram. <laughs> I, I, and then I was like, I, I feel like it was supposed to, you know, there, because there was the undertone of girl power the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Women empowerment. Yeah. And which is fine. Yeah. Believe me. I, like, I, believe I, me. I am it. not saying anything about like, don't make, but tell good stories about women. Make sure the story is a good story. And just telling a good story about a woman is enough, man. You don't have to cram this shit down. Because overall, I myself, I, I did get Scott to watch this. I would not recommend this movie to you. I will tell you that it has moments where there was there was potential there. For as weird and as twisted and as, as uh, what, the Austin Chronicle, Bonkers, a Bonkers B movie? No, he, the Austin Chronicle the, guy, uh, Richard Whitaker, if you're listening. <laughs> did you're, I just mix the you reviews? Nailed it. Yeah, the, Richard Roper said that it was a Bonkers B movie. Okay, I apologize. The guy of the Austin Chronicle did not like it. He gave it a splat. I fully agree with him. There were far too many really good ones. Uh, Brian Eggert gave it a bad review. He said Shadow in the Cloud has a lot of potential, 
<laughs> this movie's very confusing because I think that the screenplay might have been really great because people don't set out to make a bad movie. There's never, no one's ever like, I mean, there has been a time where they were like, I'm going to make a bad horror movie. It was kitschy. And it's going to be a, a good, bad movie. But you can't set out to make one of those. This movie happened and those wandered hap- right into happened. it. I don't know. It felt like some of it what was revenge. It's, it's organic. This was not organic. Yeah, this was forced. I feel a little bit like they pulled this guy off the movie. And yeah, he's a piece of shit. I read all about his his indiscretions. Like I They're said, real disc- fucking I did bad. not do my research on, on the production side. That, that's fine. I didn't really want to get into this at all. But like I said, I wrote an no, article. it's good to know. Uh, if you're a piece of shit, like yeah. a legitimate piece of shit, you should be called out yeah. for being a legitimate I, piece of I shit. I wrote an article on dispatchesofthepit.com. You can go read it about how... Everyone who writes things kind of sucks a little bit. We're fucking weirdos, man. In order to sit around and think of this shit, you have to be a little fucked up, (laughs) a little weird. That doesn't excuse the behavior of Max Landis. But I have a feeling that whatever he wrote was probably pretty good. Horribly executed, horribly cast. And me not knowing anyone else had seen it, when I watched it, I was definitely the only person I knew that had watched it. Um, I also wrote down in my notes, how fucking high were you when you... We're like, is this a good movie? <laughs> There's no question about it. This is not a good movie. It's definitely not a In great life, movie. Just because you can do it, should you do it? Sometimes things like this existing are good enough to justify watching them. And that's the point here. What is a good movie? This movie is going to live inside my head for years. And I can't say that for a lot of things that I've watched recently. Fresh was one of those movies. Uh last year it was a uh, Ready or Not. It's a dinner party movie. <laughs> First of all, it's a wedding reception. I still can't remember her name. Uh Samara Weaving. Ooh, good one. Yeah, I'm kind of good with the names. Not so good with the character names. <laughs> Some of these up and comers, I just can't remember their names as much. She did a killer Bill's daughter and Bill and Ted face the music. My my point is Max Landis Shitty person. Good writer. Chronicle's good. He he's written some real shitty things. An American Werewolf in London screenplay is his most recent thing. Which I'll fucking watch that shit, man. <laughs> I love American Werewolf in London. And like I said, I like Chloe Grace Moretz. I hope that she continues to do good things. You know, I, I mentioned last time Mother Android is another one that's a Hulu original. It's that's not a horrible movie. It's a bit predictable. She's got one of those faces that I don't know where she belongs right now. She should probably be playing younger characters. With a face like that, you could really probably pull off a good period piece. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Get her in some suck it in. A little <laughs> Bridgerton bit <of> a... <laughs> garb. Yeah, so she could be on Downton Abbey yeah, or some um, shit. Not with that fucking British accent, though. That was atrocious. Yeah. This movie, uh, I'm going to say it, it needed a brunette. That this blonde been... girl was the wrong choice. Yeah. And I have some animosity for blonde sometimes. Well, and I, it's not blonde women. It's just blondes in general. The Lannisters? I mean, come on. <laughs> those those people were fucking each other and they're related. Yeah. That's what blonde people do, guys. That's what blonde people do. <laughs> Aaron Eckhart. The, the new thing. <laughs> I, get, I get fucking canceled. Scott Moran hates blonde people. <laughs> blonde people. That's right. I don't like any Aryans. It's, it's, um, sorry, I'm, I just pulled out some of my hair. I'm going to leave it on the rug. <laughs> Go for it. This is the hairiest room ever. My dog is a monster. <laughs> um, I'm getting used to having a mane. Yeah. Well, you coming here once a week has got me to vacuum all the ampersand hair. Oh, there you go. Did you clean the, the baseboards? I did not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not cleaning the fucking baseboards. Okay, we'll back.
Well, let's uh, wrap this shit up and get rad. So is this a good movie? Shadow no. in the Cloud? Not, no. a, not a good movie. It has moments that will pique your interest. Yeah, that being said, I think you should watch it. I'm not telling you it's a good movie, but get, if you like sci-fi with action, dialogue, if, it, which is a weird thing to throw in there if you like heavy dialogue in an action sci-fi movie, yeah, give it a shot. Next week, we will be talking about a movie I found on amazon and tried to get frank to watch i think he watched half of it and either fell asleep or stopped i i was tired this is a movie about a man who can't stop fucking a box that's that's what it is there'll be more about this next time yeah um i game a lot and it so i game late and then i try and squeeze in a movie or part of a movie and then i pass out and wake up early for work i feel like you got halfway through that movie and you were like i can't handle scott's shenanigans well you know and (laughs) i I think (laughs) I expected it to be like for what what the the subject matter is. I expected it to be a little more Skinamax. I'm not out to watch a porn, but I mean, I expected way more like actual sex scenes than what I was seeing. Oh no, this is uh, the dark side of the male sex drive at full work and display. Yeah, I won't say anything else. But we'll yeah. we'll touch on it. But yeah, and and I'm gonna rewatch this. Movie. I felt dirty saying we're gonna touch on it because yeah, <laughs> I don't want to handle the box. What's in the box? Shadow in the Cloud, not a good movie. Absolutely worth watching. (laughs) Video store clerk stamp of approval. (laughs) Until next week when we talk about the special. All right. Bye, Let's get rad. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the Last Video Store Clerks podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Last Clerks, Instagram at The Last Video Store Clerks, and you can find Scott at dispatchesfromthepit.com.